Hi, good afternoon. This is Tess Free reading on uh, Barbie's podcast, Barbie Does Change. Um, I'm reading from the story, uh, part four, uh, tape number seven. The story is called Delilah Stone, My Sister Got Free. Part four. The end of death, of the death journey, is death in the round. Chapter one, getting a grip. As the madness of old familiar behavior patterned energy swirled in the air with all the same predictable behaviors by our old familiar friends and family, when we gathered there on the porch, when we looked at each other, she and I, we knew it would be our last visit ever. She knew I had to go and carry out the plan, and I couldn't take any more of this, and she let me go. Quote, run for your life, because I sure can't, end quote, jetted straight out from the runaway eyeball glance she gave me. She hugged me, and we knew it was the last time. I never felt something so final as that hug, even with the loves I had, came to, I had come to hate. Her eyes were old, they knew too much, and their crystal blue clarity were piercing all my wounds, exposing my certain unreadiness and certain resistance to death. Her crooked eyeball pointed pointed the way. Go there, go toward death, she said. Go to the pyramid. She was choking now. I didn't think I was running. I tried to conceal that I might be running away. I hope no one heard me say that too loudly in my head. No way, man. Fuck this. I am not attending her death. I'm not attending mine. I'm not going to mom's. I'm not going to anybody's because I am going to live. If anybody's time is running out, it ain't going to be mine. I said this to myself as my body fitted the baby sparrow shivering dance just before I leapt out of the nest. Just like a punch in the gut, there came my simple, direct, instant clarity. See, I can't be bothered thinking about dying because I really don't believe I've even lived yet. I'm always on the way to getting somewhere, but never really arrive. I've almost been in love, but not quite. I've almost been a normal person who can live a normal life, but not quite. I could almost laugh at the nonsense, but not quite. I'm an artist, but not quite. I write and I can't talk. I'm sad to realize I've been way too dedicated or meshed with other people's lives, and I haven't barely held my mom is going to die, and that means I'm finally freed of the karmic ties for her. Now I can get my own energy self-powered and self-directed karma going. Since mom is 100, that means I spent all of my life emotionally struggling to the edge line with her in the background. I had to manifest as my mother's daughter, survive, and my karma in a human birth family would be complete. I would be done. I survived. I'm leaving as in I'm ungluing from this. I'm writing my entire whole life story with my own life with my mom in a different book about me unsure of that ending because she still lives this book is about how delilah has survived away from it i'm pulling out of the wheel i that i just learned i was part of so a lot of unnecessary imagination is burned away with the blaring truth unfolded, I don't know what more I can do for my mom. I'm not willing to stand around and fight with her. Every phone call turns into a hostile rendition of what she's poisoned with us for so long, I just have to hang up when she gets going. Whoa, 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 gotta go to the gym. The dogs are driving away in the car, I say, concluding and hanging up with a swift I love you. Honestly, I've mourned so much for them when they're alive that is because easier it's easier to let my sister go when she died while i was on the trip than to fill her last wishes i'm so glad i had a good while to prepare for her soul departure and my 
part in it. Delilah was a winner here. She got what she wanted. We planned how she wanted to die. She talked about it all the time. And we talked about our trip to the pyramid, Chichen Itza, chicken pizza. And if she doesn't going to make it, I was to do the last wishes for her on my own. I wondered what I will be like without the madness that will fill their spirit hole when they physically will die off. Could it ever be over? Can I transform that place of madness? The mama love, the confusion, the hatred and discourse into a warm spot for myself to be from. I hear, yes, I can in the background. Bless all that tall, skinny black man who turned gray right in front of my eyes. Yes, I can. Too bad those white bastards passive-aggressively tarred and feathered Obama since they didn't have white balls enough to throw him from the bridge. Their effort at downright assassination of a dishonorable kind. Those white men tried to kill him right before our eyes, break his spirit, break our backs, but he didn't go. He didn't go, and we didn't break. And they're getting madder and madder and madder, those bullies. Those backward talkers I keep hearing about in life confuse the shit out of me. Backward tongues where all language leads to putting cash in their vault, just like the Indian said. We're weird. We're all learned. It's okay. Learning good, no matter how it happens, since I don't know anything, I figured it out. Yep, I'm fucking gone. So sad. Such greatness could have been had people only had been more Indian-minded. Woodstock mind. There is only one cure when the world breaks your heart, chakra spirit. That is, go out to wander. Only people carry the spiritual DNA that can make sense of the whole thing. Chapter 2. The Trip The money had been paid. The airline tickets had been bought. We had planned all this together. She was too sick to go at the end, and I was going to take movie films and send them back to her. I was going to see with my eyes what she couldn't. I was going to bring my spirit and just be there as a stand-in for her in case she wanted to do anything there, like physically she could do it through me. Yep. Yep, I was being the chariot, the messenger, the Gemini messenger, the winged-footed Mercury, the seven. I thought I was living out of my horoscope natal chart, right out of my direct connection to the solar galaxy through my four planets in Gemini, my ninth house. Oh yeah, take that. I was going to receive wisdom of the ancients at the foot of the portal to the energy verse, Chichen Itza. People told me all that long ago when I got there, but I didn't believe it. I knew this. I knew millions had been there and had stood there right where I'm st- and I'm satisfied that whatever they know, I can know too, if I approach the holy site with reverence. I wasn't thinking much of anything when I landed and got off the plane. I wasn't hurried. I was steadily moving along as I was able. It took five days to get to the pyramid. I found my long way to the ultimate sacrifice of the life pyramid, chicken pizza, as they say in the Yucatan. I knew it was a prayer getting there, everything a preparation for more. At the vision of the sight of the first glance in front of her, the Great Pyramid, I knew instantly it was a launch pad. To go through and between the life and death so present there, it is so obvious in the art that humans are just one of many good things on earth, like the pyramid built to the honeybee. A holy temple built to honor ourselves. As parts of the plants, animals, waters, and skies. Simple. And no, don't go looking for tons of spiritual doctrines or philosophies unless you want to study astronomy, time and space, the earth animals and plants, and the Mayans. Then the Mayans are for you. Three copies of their books exist. One in Dresden, one in England, and one I forgot. You could become a scholar and find that book. 
beautiful, colorful pictures, writing, learned people, scholars and such, astronomers, all shamans. They honed desires to imitate and live as plants. It is said they were invisible in the jungle. Small, short, corn-headed astronomers in love with the sea. The original SNL coneheads. Little that I know. My sister had sent me to the right place. I'm sure fucking glad she sent me here during the famous Mexican Day of the Dead festivals and the celebrations, and this gets me ready for Egypt for sure, I'm thinking. I booked rooms every single night. I would be gone three weeks. Now all I had to do was go. I booked tours staying in very accommodating elder hostels. I tried hard to pay attention to details as a meditative practice to take care of myself, an instructive work plan, and I struggled to keep up with my plan. Here I go, fucking hurting myself again. No, 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 stop it. It is as if the tangled mess I left followed me all the way, and it all became came about keeping myself together to protect myself. Fuck it, man, oh man, am I a person who sure likes to figure it out? And I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with me? A force was so present, it was knowing, a deep and true, never to be questioned. It took several days to come there in my body, to relax, 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 lie in the water, go swimming, snorkeling, and see the plants. I'll sit down alone in a restaurant. I'll figure out the food. I'll mosey. The weather is horrible. I hate alcohol. It was extremely, extremely hot and humid, and the pot I bought sucked. I shared details of the trip with my sister, snorkeling and seeing the beautiful beaches, and she said, wow, 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 1,000 times. I felt so good. It's going to be a great trip. I want you to have fun, she instructed me in her cancer death rattle voice. As the days to really get on the plane drew near, I talked to her on the phone. I should change the ticket, and I should come home to be with you. I pleaded with her. The tears were streaming down my face. And she said to me, Go to the pyramid. Go to the pyramid. In that long, cancer-eaten throat, so scratched, and she hissed it out. I was numb, very numb, feeling sick as she got sicker and sicker day by day with one more leak in the chest needing to drain and one more round of antibiotics and still was well. She didn't have pain. She did not have pain. Hallelujah. What the hell else mattered? 40 rounds of chemo. No, really, really. She just decided it was too much. She did not want any more. Of course, nobody told me that. She was fine. She had done a lot. In fact, she was a model patient doing everything she was told. She knew she had the power always, and every time I thought she was at the end, she'd bounce back. She'd rise like Lazarus, and Martha would scream out, A miracle in the background! And all the Catholics, including my mom, would faint dead away. Jesus fucking Christ, I screamed. I notice I can't process this confusion. The times of the days all run into a logger jam of endless ending time, endness, and yet it will come differently for each of us. Death. There just couldn't be another ending I could recall to prepare myself for my own death. Maybe the Mayans tell me that since they've been keeping time for 26,000 rough years that my birth date has elapsed. One million... 848,454 times. Take that, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Wow. At least time has been here in this very place before. Perhaps there were days like this one and somebody with my birthday thought the same things. I'm not my own one-celled organism, self-sufficient and reliant. Oh, how boring. Rather, I'm a compilation of 
of, of course, those others can and do help me. I believe they will be there for me as I plod one foot onto the gangplanks of planes of different real realities. They will help me. People will help me as I trod, sit, wait, text, call, film, talk, keep going, look for something that can't be found, only felt, death, alone, the end. On day three, I finally once and for all got that I might be the one dying on this trip. Is this my death trip? It took footsteps to hit me. Am I going to put myself in unnecessary danger on purpose? Am I going to meet a panicky drowning by seeing a shark? Am I going to have to struggle for my own life from a killer? Will I meet death and know it when it comes? I had to sit myself down and get fucking real. I knew my sister would die while I was on the trip, but I did not quite know if I would die too. After all, I might be experiencing the death of you all, you know, you know, the big one. Who knows? Am I walking into it? Learning always happens later, and with me, only in motion stern in the energy pot. I threw my basic survival together, bag together, and packed my ass good and broken. Nice job. The weather steamed upward to greet my plane as I flew to Cancun. As my lungs fried, I was greeted by so many dishonest people, so oh hell, just take the first one. After a couple of sign-ups and rip-offs, I was able to take a cab to the paid-for luxury hotel of good-moneyed people. Chapter 3, The Journey The first videos I sent her was of, of a nice resort hotel with restaurants and pools, all blue, watered, and mojito-drenched. Liquor and hamburgers for us Americans always works well for me as I run to try to beat out the lazy, fat waddle-up with all six kids in tow. Yep, I'm seeing the McDonald's crowd on the U-Haul circuit pulled over to stretch a little just past the parking lot at Best Buy. All after the biggest free buffet in town. Gosh. What are they all doing so far from home? I scratched my head. I have to keep my distance because this is a crowd where the adults are drinking more than being with their kids and the kids are running amok around this whole fucking place. Far from relaxed, the adult tension is being absorbed in alcohol and ice, so conversation is at a hush. Some kids try water basketball, but mostly it's all horseplay, pushing and shoving, feeling each other into life. Nobody teaches these kids anything. They can be seen half-drowning each other, and nobody says anything. Nobody talks to them. It's okay. These kids turn out tough, the workforce of tomorrow. The girls are wearing T-shirts over their developing nipples, not wanting them to be seen flying down that water slide. It was the white sand diamonds so ancient. The bottom of the ocean pushed up 65 million years ago here. Oh, the ground-up shells and their little white stretched-out spines grounded to such fine powder and resting, forever kissed by the sea and warmed by the lazing sun, now trod upon by unsuspecting humanoids. When the giant comet landed a little off the coast, killing off all the nasty-ass dinosaurs, especially the T-Rex. The sea pushed up here into a fine limestone porous material, lovely sinkholes and fossils everywhere. The earth in action, billowing into lava formations made out of seashells. Huh? What forms are the same in, dif same in different materials? My mind is blown over and over at the unity and oneness of it all. The mangroves inch like a bed of nails, daring anything to snare itself 
and it's all uncovering, all holding, dune-loving, sand and land-loving, saving mangrove tree nest. Ouch, 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 just looking at their twine into the next thing, holding on for dear life. Mangrove trees stop me dead in my tracks, just like the water goddesses can't run amok onto the sandy beaches ruining all the crops. Oh, relations of spiralness. I see ooze of life-relatedness all over the place, unnoticed. The posh beach resort disgusted me because it was our world pushed into their world where there was never any marriage or the marriage of oppression. So clearly, we were soaking up resources in somebody else's time zone among people who are brown. It's so weird. There are virtually no mixing of these groups of people. Workers who live here and tourists who visit here. The world capitalistic values of consume, 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 and leave vast vats of fat people sliding down the greasy drain pipe into health care, ridiculously anti-heaven. Drugs. Contaminated rooms and germs are the way they can give you more drugs. So run for your life. And so I did. On day two and a half, I packed my sack and headed to the main gates buried in the pappas grass of the Yucatan. Yes, I'd like a cab to Cancun, please, with a great big smile. Yes, ma'am. 45 U.S. Oh, you have to be kidding. It's just up the road. What about a bus? There's no other way, ma'am. If you want to leave, this is the only way out. Said in that straightforward accent of a foreigner who knows well the rules cannot ever be broken. Then I'll stay here till I die because I'm not paying that extorted high price. I resolve, sitting down as he strode away in his overly polished leather shoes. Milling around are always throngs of staff in training, 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 and one of the young people hearing me complain said, You can do what we do. Go down to the end of the road and wait and pay 70 pesos. They say only words that are important, instructive, savvy English, speaking Mayans, not Mexicans. Thanking them profusely, I'm clear, figuring things out, making decisions to protect myself, asking for help and getting it. This magnifies for me that I am real. I feel like looking in a mirror. If they see my face, then I must be real. They're smiling, but I don't know if they look on my face as a smile or that of a horrid monster. Who do they see when they look at me? A friend, a foe, or me? There is a goddess after all. I know people are good. I just know it. Chapter 4 I have never sweated like this in my entire life. It takes days to acclimate to the scorching, wet, hot sun. It is so flat. Will there be a breeze? I will go, only like that. I will drink and pee and enjoy the wonderful food. All seems to be going well. It is so hot. I'm drowning. I can only walk feet at a time. I am so large, logy, and completely exhausted. I want to lay down somewhere and just evaporate. Chapter 5 Chichen Itza I kept chicken in ch- Chicken as That was very cute I kept checking in on my mood I was concentrating on trying to see As many beautiful things as I could Through my eyes so that my calmness Could take over I'm not present unless I'm out of my body I'm comfortable watching myself go in and out, yet I need to absorb it all, this, and I am so dead, and I am so going to celebrate a death more grounded than ever. What? This makes no sense to me. At 4.30 in the morning, only the cockroaches give a shit when you move. The tour bus driver didn't honk, and I quietly snuck out the gate, careful not to clang the metal. I was the first pickup. This was going to be a long fucking day. I rambled 
last night's Mexican beans rumbled in my bowels, careful not to make a morning sound before cafe, really. Cafe, signore, I choked. As I hoisted my ass in. Cripes, I'm sitting in the van and there's a loud banging on the van window as I untangle the seatbelts. Where are you taking her? Where are you taking her? Hollering as the hostile mother in her bathrobe and slippers and curlers questioning the driver. He had to show her ID and everything that made proper bows to her, his elder, a matriarch mother. After explaining himself, she waved me goodbye. I'm really confused how very, very sweet that she would worry about me. I pondered. She gave me that look of love after, after her scolding look that told me I should have just said goodbye. Could I at least check in with her so she wouldn't worry about me? She was saying that to me, you old lady. Didn't she have enough to worry about? I thought, wow, that is so, so different. Five hours of pounding roads, all flatness rolled out like cookie dough, with the trees exactly the same height. Only the clouds rose upward in milky gray cotton balls. Only a few turkey vultures roamed the flat sea. Chichen Itza is in the middle of the jungle. We arrived at the pyramid and unloaded from the van spry, energized adults used to the air five hours of solid air conditioner. Within a few minutes, we would be slowing down to a turtle's crawl. It's a sweltering hot. The birds squawk like buglers amassing an army, and the steam rose from the ground as form spirits themselves for the millions we have who have sweat here. I wanted to see it from every side. The square pyramid feels different than walking around a football field. I will probably die doing this. Who knows what square is perfectly built in every way, so magically, symmetrically, beautifully square. They do, the Mayans. You feel square by walking square. I made that pilgrimage in the square. I could not have climbed the stairs. It was roped up to the top because tourists were climbing up there and shitting on the top. Honest to God, how disgusting, Americans. I made a few factual videos and sent them home to my sister. It was getting hotter and hotter. I was a long way from shade in the middle of some ancient offering to the dead during the November week of the dead at the pyramid where the, where the souls flaw, flew up as offerings in union to ask for necessary elements to visit there and which will assist in their safe passage to the other world. The guy told us what the temple was for, but no one has to tell you these things. It's impossible not to feel and recognize those spirits present in all forms of coming and going. If you can go snake-eyed like an Indian, you'll see them all. Phew. Ah. At some point, and I can't remember when, all of my bodily fluids dumped out of my body and through my clothes and out onto the ground in a puddle of shit, piss, puke, vomit, sweat, and free growl. Though I sucked down bottles of water, I couldn't retain any fluid and all two quarts of lymph released. I needed electrolytes fast. I needed to stop the giant purge from every hole in my body. A plug, a plug, please someone cover me in a plastic wrap or cover me in cement, or next I'll be dumping all 67 quarts of all my own blood. I'm drying up. Help. I saw all start to move up and come out, but I stopped it. I reversed my blood flow. I fought gravity. I will not fall down. I visioned my death. Then, before me, the snake became so prominent, and seeing it in circular motion moved me to imagine another black form of gaseous galaxy giants. I had been here before. Of course, this was a magical portal to other galaxies. No wonder the mystics of the Catholics couldn't stand them. These Mayans lived loving this, the life cycle, not just select parts of it. After I shaped up, thanking the snake wisdom for showing me the movement I could imitate, had to go, had to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. 
Catholic higher-ups demanded of me. Move along, move along. Hell for you for sure, they said to me. Walking away from the death hole. The little Mayan we call ourselves, he said, selling me my official Jaguar whistle. I love becoming proficient in playing the Jaguar, angry and howling alone there, blowing that whistle like I was crazy in the head. The animals call out in horror for their disappearance, relative spirits, friends too. I blew the Jaguar whistle, cry out, scream in pain, remember them and all they sacrificed at the hands of pale men. Let that pain be mine, I howled in the low jungle. Everything made sense. I felt better, like I get it, I get it. I feel more Indian. The Mayan black crow would squawk her head off at the drunken plot of the loud foreigner in her temple. Go away, gross being, or fly with us. They invite me into the temple by the flick of their beautiful black and blue fluorescent tails. Oh, spirited one, stand still just a while for me to see you, I plead but they're fast movers. Chapter six. She died and I didn't. At the Great Pyramid, after hours, maybe eons had stopped and started. The entire world was moving like always and nothing stood still but me. Be very quiet. I had no voice. I knelt down and I made a little altar in the bushes off to the side of the pyramid. The sun was behind her, yet impassable to tell where exactly the sky was. It seemed entire radiant as from the center of the sky. I took out her photographs and her jewelry and her personal items, and I built the little shelf. I placed them on the little shelf. I looked westward toward the beautiful stairway to heaven on the pyramid's face with the lovely blue-faced white clouds hanging out like crumpled curtains. A few plumes of white ostrich feathers slitted across the light blue faint sky. There was movement, yet calm. I set up my altar with a photo of everyone on my refrigerator. I sent her the the soggy photos of Delilah so she was in the place of honor and could spy the pyramid behind me. I put out her necklace and her cancer hat that I used as tissue. I spread some stones from my holy friend. I began to read from my sister's prayer book. She sent me with specific prayers on the rite of death passage of the Astari Brotherhood in California. These prayers are completely unknown to anyone who is not a member of that group. However, I had permission to read them and perform the rite of passage ceremony for my sister standing in for her, ushering her soul to the outer banks. To my credit, this was a much greater task than I had known, but I felt prepared and ready for any next steps that would happen. Printed on recycled paper from India does not fare well in the drenching lymph wet with tears streaming down. I read softly as the prayers crumbled in my hands, returning to clay, shredding in the sweat, turning to clay like marsh so that I could not read any words at all. Everything was being eaten up by sweat and heat. Pages and pages were said out of order because of large sweat spots smearing ink. I couldn't read any of it entirely. It was spent. The paper was mush. It ground into clay. I dropped it and ground it as clay into the dry sand, and it was gone, completely gone. The materials were completely gone, drowned into the sand at the pyramid. One hour of reading in the article is not like one hour of reading breathless at the death pyramid of chicken pizza. No way, no way, now I've done both. With all 17 pages of my ceremony melted away with humidity, I began to gabber, caw, mumble, and gibber in a moan. People gathered around me and began gibbering. We milled around facing the temple. We called out names. We all prayed some ancient prayer that no one knowed the words to that said, We love you, we miss you, and we're very glad that you are gone to your home now. 
We ushered spirits upward without strength. I tried to lift my arms weak and I failed. I imagine I lifted them. That was good enough. Stillness was all I could muster. The people talked in their different languages. We release you to your source of love and speed your rest and thanks for coming to me, to us, to our lives. You can leave us now. I croaked in the most gargled words I ever spoke. People fumbled with beads, swirled their feet, choked and coughed and sputtered in deep prayer. It was quiet. It was hot. It was still. It was dizzying and wet. It was over. I was never so wasted in my life. I had the softest voice, the saltiest tear, the saddest frown, the emptiest gut and the cleanest bowel, the driest body and the grainiest skin I'd ever had in my own own life. I needed a good scrubbing. I felt grief. I felt suffering. I felt it go for her. I felt I let it go for her. After a while, I was completely depleted. Pretty soon, we all had to collapse on the ground and to replenish ourselves in the new spirit. The woman, some woman in the crowd, shared a bag of chili Doritos. I thought I was wasted as a rag, but there was more and more to come. Nothing like a Dorito kick. There was woman rage. I had anger for all the global things they'd put me through, the wars, the rapes, the poverty, the beatings, and how much women, just like Delilah, just kept getting adjusted to a world gone insane. I collapsed it out of spit of anger. I hacked it out from the bottom of my lung and I spit it all over. I cleared out shit out of me, get out, killing, killing, killing all the millions upon millions of women who died so like my own sister, unnoticed, unloved, uncherished by anyone, all over our earth. What horror to have never even had a chance at being creatively beautiful and loved and honored. I cried again for all of them. My shoulders collapsed around me, and no one was around, thank God. I found some more tears at the end of my spittle. It has to become a life-giving planet. It just has to. That's the new story. These old stories have to be thrown out as being too violent to restore balance of fairness and equality. Old stories must stop being told, rewritten, and corrected. These are the message I've, I've been given. In order to stand up, I had to make a pledge to myself. I have to forever reject any and all religion or philosophical group that has a death killing clause in it. Having pulled here by my heart now, many things fall away and I leave them here. Letting go after so much study is hard. But all religions are wiped from my mind, except for any peoples who try to live on their vertical axis, that is, their grounded feet solidly placed on earth so that the divine energy of light and love can flow down and through from the universe well to the endless bottomless pit and back. That means I let go of my old stable friends filled with hatred, death, and violence. Out they go. Judaism, Christianity, except Jesus, Islam, Protestant sects, Orthodoxy, any war-loving, advancing tribes of men, no matter the race, killing for gold and money, any NRA-loving, gun-packing street thugs, stand down. Everybody who thinks they can own other people and use them for their own reward is erased from the new world. Out, out. In my heart, I accept the Mayan right as a human right to personal sacrifice by choice, never done with screaming crowds, jeering hatred. That was the Roman way. But as a gentle personal sacrifice between human guide and the deep well of God, Godness, there were never any crowds there. It's a spiritual practice, not afraid of death, like our world paradigm ruling us now. 
I lift their non-kill policy that sealed their own death at the hands of the Mexican army and the Catholic Church, another genocide in 1817. The Mayan never killed a thing. Who knew 300,000 Mayan were slaughtered on the Yucatan, shot in the back, buried in mass graves, hacked to pieces, the jaguar screams, fucking gringos. Unwittingly, unwittingly, ain't it it always so, I stumbled into a shopping tent filled with handcrafted Mexican items, the exact ones I'd seen in every other shop. It was close and smelled like hay. I had to buy something to get out of the sun a while. Excuse me, sir. How much is this Mexican California flag dangling here from the ceiling? I asked, unfurling it. Isn't it a shared, short, shared border, Mexicali? I asked, pointing to the bare icon flag in Mexican colors. Well, hang on to your hats. Don't you dare say Mexico. Don't you dare call me a filthy Mexican, you dirty gringo. I'm not Spanish. We are Mayan, not Spanish. This is the Yucatan. You don't say Mexico. And he spit. You in Mexico? You go there. You won't find any Mexico here. He speaks in the finest cleric's accent, accent that he bugged my eyes right out of my head, this five-foot-tall Mayan king. I promptly bowed and thanked him for setting me straight. I kind of was thrown out by the king's words, so I backed out without buying something other than the goddamn flag. I was not listening to the Mayan archaeologist anymore. He spoke in trance, gazing above our heads as if we weren't there. He crowed out Mayan chants occasionally and spoke loud and fast with a calm knowing, scaring the shit out of us. I stayed just earshot, afraid to catch anything from anyone else in the yellow fever fever, malaria light. So many white European tourists, and I wanted to avoid them for sure. Don't want what they got. I got that I'm here, but I'm not sure whose journey this is. Am I here for her as myself? Am I here only to help her release? Is this for her or for me? Do I choose? Of course. I manage it when the time I stand down and she passes out over my head. I stay here and I keep my feet on the ground as witness. That's the plan. Still I ask, when is the chariot through? When have I sevened out? When do I hear just only for me? I still wasn't sure. I asked for another sign, feeling alone and small. Oh, this is all for you, the tree said in their quaky, shaky leaves. I heard clapping back in my baby bassinet on the lake. Yet those no, yet there's no trees. Now, a voice came in the tree rustling notes forever in the air. I breathed. I saw them grow big and lean into and over the pyramid and got up close on my face. I felt a beaming of my baby breath then and inhaled it as my elder breath in the humid sun. I traveled around the world in an instant. It changed me in an instant to be me for sure. When the trees speak, I can hear. In an instant, I am new, and this one travels now. I have a jaguar whistle. As I stumbled on, drenched and speedless, yet trying to make my lungs breathe, my ass hurts so much, I think about a layoff swimming. I'm pulling my poor body apart. I can't because the sun feels so fucking good and the fish are way more hyper here than me. Wait, what was that? Wait, wait, what the fuck? What was that? Holy shit. There, I saw it. Just by some miracle of holy time, happened to catch the sight of Delilah's spirit flitting off to the left of the giant pyramid. Flit, 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 flit. She was gone. A corkscrew, a small white blue light, a wayward shooting upside down, exclamation point. 
She was a comet with her tail pointed to Earth, heading her way on up and out. A balloon with the air letting out, a rocket up and out. She turned from light blue, white, gone very fast, very fast, seconds, days, minutes. Did anything matter? And I did believe myself what I was seeing. I was seeing, yes, 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 I saw it. I couldn't be sure of the color change sequence. In fact, that registered seconds. My brain was like a sluggish can of refried beans at that time. Anything seemed possible now. I knew, I knew me. I knew, I knew also that I had held her spirit escaping from the pyramid because I had seen that. The same ethereal gaseous aerial thing another time. I'd seen that with other people. My other friend who died this past March left out of the right side of her head. I saw a flit, like a puff of white smoke, but I didn't know what it was. I just said, what the hell is that? Is this the machine malfunctioning, puffing smoke or something? I had to look behind the machine to see that everything was all right, but nothing was burning. The machine was fine. It kept beeping right away. I really didn't think it was her spirit, but now that I've seen my sister, I know that these are people's spirits flying up and out. I I witnessed lovely energy spirits go off in the universe, ether to do whatever. Spirit is its own thing as the body decays and dies. Now I am certain. The death of my friend and the death of my sister's bodies were part of teaching for me. If not for my friend, I've never known my sister's spirit. And oh, how I didn't know my friend at all until I knew my sister. I want you to do the same ceremony for me that you're doing for your sister that you planned. She said loud and clear. Will you do that for me? Will you just say the same words? They're beautiful. Besides, I'm not good at that stuff, my dying friend said. My Delilah, of course, generous. I told my sister she's so happy you love the ceremony and she wishes you great peace in your turnover. I could now report that they did talk on the phone once or twice. I was in the middle to be to actually see the spirit ascend and travel, leave big knowing, feels like a stone in my gut and makes my eyes even more important registers of how I carry on from now on. Now I'm straight, spirit goes on, the body dies, I got it. I know because I saw, so I won't be visiting that fucking question anymore. I know there's energy transfer, I saw it snake-eyed, emptied, and near dead. That's it, Indian mine. I sent the videos home to my dying sister. They played the videos to her, she heard them. She died on the very night I had seen her spirit fly out at the pyramid. On the same day that I got to the pyramid and sent her videos, she died later that evening. I knew it. She flew out at the pyramid and it took a little while for her body to release and it was true. The same day. It took us each five days to get to death, but we made it. I'm rejoicing that I did and so happy she had seen the pyramid for joy. The only thing she wrote in her journal about her death was when she found out for sure she had the big fucking C early in 2014. Quote, I haven't written in a while. Good reason. I'm working on my health. The nausea is awful. I know I have cancer, which began in my lung and then spread to the tumor in my liver. I've had many tests and have more coming. An MRI of my head. Please no more cancer. I will have to go through chemo and radiation and God knows what else. I need to survive. I hope if I keep a positive attitude, I will. I need all the help I can get from everyone here on earth and in heaven. Set free in spirit and long may she ride. Never afraid to fight. She knew when to give up. Years of faith and study, care of tender, loving beings at her bedside that made that night her body left as well, allowing the spirit to exit gently first. Peace, flying peace, 
Spirit speed, little one, so small yet so large. Her lessons continue to unfold, and how will I live the rest of my life? I'm living, not dying. Since I didn't die on the trip, I'm back home at my fucking beginning. It's up to me. Can I leave anger for Delilah as well as my love and release all these people with such a complete emotional and spiritual hold on me? It's so deep a bond, yet I release, I give in, I surrender over and over. It feels better, a lot better. I have to practice joy. Now what? I really need to find my home. Open search calls ruminate out through my cells. Vibration. Keep going. The clear green tree leaves keep saying in a steady breath, cooling my sweaty back and hustling me away. A small gathering of her best friends gathered at her funeral home where she was being kept frozen for three more days. Her spirit, she was being kept frozen so her spirit could eject. A small cast of the downtrodden, Emmeline announced, wow, you'll have to add a whole room on this place because I die, it'll be so packed when I die. Smug, glaring around in disgust at only a few, she called the fucking family around a jar. Everyone lowered their heads as the old woman couldn't stand the sight of no coffin but a jug of ashes there on the table. Somebody put together a bunch of shitty pictures of her daughter, Emmeline thought. All heathens and her son held the jug of her daughter's ashes and the heathen prayers were said. The group left in a nondescript way to assemble themselves in some sort of way to understand what had happened to their dear friend Delilah. She had, in fact, separated, got away from the clutching eagle of a mother, Emmeline. Blessed on those who mourn for theirs is the heart of Jesus. Who was going to be next? I always wondered at every one of these things. Goddess, give me strength and grant me joy. Show me peace. Dear, dear universe, accept her dear, sweet, loving, kind soul. We offer her the glory of light shining upon her always. I loved her in the end, but it took a whole lifetime to realize that. This is the end. This has been Test Free. I hope you enjoyed my book and somehow leave me some comments or something. Thank you. Bye.